Kevin Bowen here. Don't forget to listen to The Fan now on 93.5 or 107.5 FM. And check out our latest coverage online at 1075thefan.com. Absolutely shocked, stunned, disbelief. Am I getting catfished? Those were my thoughts Saturday night, 11 minutes to go in preseason game number three when Adam Schefter broke the news that um, will be the sports story of the year in 2019 and will be one of the nights and days that the city of Indianapolis will never forget when you talk about sports in the Circle City. I'm Kevin Bowen, uh, back Sunday afternoon inside of the MS Communications World Headquarters here on the Circle of Indianapolis. Had to come with the emergency podcast. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, it'll just be me today. Uh, Joey Molinaro was, or is, en route back from his bachelor party. And some of the texts he was sending me last night, close to midnight, were pretty funny, but uh, we won't go there. Um, so, yeah, I will be trying to steer this ship as best I can. So, I apologize for um, hearing my voice for the next hour or so, but we had to come with a podcast um, strictly on the shocking news that came last night with Andrew Luck retiring from the NFL. Um, I will begin with kind of giving my thoughts and explaining what I saw and what I heard yesterday. Uh, get into um, just just the shock nature of the news, the press conferences from Andrew Luck, Chris Ballard, uh, Jim Irsay, and Frank Reich. Who to blame? You know, I think that is a big, big story. Uh, we definitely need to touch on the vocal minority that we heard last night of fans booing when Andrew Luck was walking off the field at Lucas Oil Stadium. And then I picked out 10 Twitter questions, so I apologize. We won't get to all of them, uh, but I, I just wanted to narrow it down to 10 Twitter questions that I will read and answer on today's podcast. So, what what my um i guess my thought process going into yesterday what was this i felt like once we saw what luck did last saturday on the field and the fact that he didn't practice on tuesday my antennas were up a little bit and i tried to kind of you know i tried to get frank reich on some luck questions on thursday and i got a couple questions in and he was not very expansive uh, didn't share much detail at all, which is a little bit more reserved than what he was doing earlier in the month of August about Andrew Luck. So something wasn't adding up for me based off what he did before that Browns game uh, with the side-to-side movement and everything that we saw there, and then the fact that he doesn't even come back and practice on a very limited basis, very limited basis, this past week. So I got to Lucas Oil Stadium probably about 3.30 or 4, and Luck got on the practice field at 5.20, and all he did was pretty much kiss babies and say hi to people for the 20 minutes he was on the field. Talked to Eric Ebron, went over, talked to Chase Daniel, um, caught up with Chuck Pagano as well, uh, talked to Marcus Brady, his quarterback's coach, and then probably spent the most time with Jack Doyle. And then he went in the locker room and came back out and watched the game from the sideline. And that is pretty much the only activity I 
notice from Luck until Adam Schefter's news broke at 11.20, um, or I guess it wasn't 11.20. I think it was 11.20 to go in the game, if I remember correctly, probably more in the 9.30, 10 o'clock hour. But uh, when I see the tweet happen, I I just I'm stunned. I I just stare at my laptop and my tweet deck. I'm I I felt like I was kind of frozen almost there for for just a second. Like, all right, am I getting anti Teo'd here? Like, you know, I'm not. I've I've pride myself on not falling for the dupe accounts. And I clicked on Schefter's name, and it was the blue check mark and everything. And I think I retweeted it and just said, what? The hell. You had some Colts scouts that, you know, watch the game in the press box come out of their booths and they're they can't believe what, what what's happening. And I look down on the field and there's luck just talking to Jacoby Brissett on the sidelines like it was nothing. And um I'm just yeah, I I'm just in a state of disbelief at that time. So I quickly get something up online and then Head downstairs and, and wait on, you know, Jim Irsay typically has to make a bit of a, probably about a 50-yard, 70-yard golf cart ride from where his elevator lets off on the event level to the Colts locker room. And as he drove by, all he said was, no comment right now, guys. I will address it later. And you see Andrew Luck's wife, Nicole, who is expecting here in a couple months, she goes into the locker room once the game ends, and and just just the the the, the general deer in headlights shock look on all people associated with the Colts was something that I will never forget. Um, and the Colts eventually told us to go into into the press box room and or into the press conference room, and that's when we heard from uh, Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay and Frank Reich after Andrew Luck spoke, and, and he had a prepared statement, but I say he probably deviated from that statement a, a good amount, and obviously you saw the, the, the teary-eyed emotion coming from him. And and I guess before I get into my thoughts on just the actual news, seems to be a lot of chatter about how this broke. Why did Adam Schefter break it? Some people are questioning why Adam Schefter broke it and didn't allow, allow Andrew Luck to have his, whatever, his time in the light to tell his teammates couple thoughts. First, Adam Schefter don't give two shits about Andrew Luck having his moment with teammates. He gets paid millions of dollars by ESPN to report insane news that will lead to a 30 for 30 one day, and that's exactly what he did last night. So I have no issue with Adam Schefter, and obviously he didn't get this from the Luck camp because they don't leak anything because Andrew Luck's uncle is his agent, Will Wilson, and while they want to leak something that clearly Luck wants to, you know, wait until Luck's plan was to wait until the postgame locker room, tell his teammates then, and then have a press conference Sunday afternoon at three o'clock. That was his goal, and obviously, that was n- not accomplished. You know, I don't know. Does he told Jacoby Brissett on Friday? Did Jacoby tell someone, and then that leaks? Did? Andrew tell Chuck Pagano before the game, and Chuck goes and mentions it, some random Bears equipment guy in the locker room, and boom, that starts the 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 the, the chain to where Adam Schefter gets a hold of it. Or, you know, people are saying, well, Jim Ursay was mad. Jim Ursay had venom, so Ursay leaked it to Schefter. Well, if Ursay had venom, why isn't he why is he 
given Andrew Luck the $24 million that potentially could be recouped. I mean, if Ursay was really pissed, wouldn't he financially want to get a little bit of stake and get some money back for all this, which all the reports indicate right now that Ursay is not pursuing any of that. So personally, I don't really care how it got leaked. Um, it happened, and here we are. I would say probably the biggest question I've gotten through all of this is just what was the smoking gun? You know, where was it? Was there another setback? Does he have to have surgery? All of this, you know, all all these things on just why now? Why wait until two weeks before the season opener? And I think the smoking gun comes down to this. Yes, there was some physical pain. But the physical pain is not crazy physical pain for Andrew Luck. He said a month ago, he's played through worse. But the physical pain and the rehab that was involved and the inability to, I guess, properly cure this or heal from this, that was taxing mentally. And that is the smoking gun. This is a mental issue I guess that, that that Andrew Luck just mentally did not want to go through this we're so used to Andrew Luck playing through injuries we're, we're, we're so used to the incredible toughness that he had as an NFL player and you know me trying to call and a professional athlete soft is just ludicrous and I am not calling Andrew Luck soft But what I am saying about Andrew Luck right now is the willingness to handle pain threshold from 2012 to 2016 is different than the Andrew Luck willing to handle pain threshold right now. He no longer wants to do that. And when you're an NFL football player and you sign on the dotted line, you better be willing to play at less than 100%. And Andrew Luck, based off the news we saw last night, he's not willing to do that anymore. Um, you know, I've thought about Luck in retirement. You know what? I probably think about it a handful of times every offseason. Just, you know, I'm bored. I'm a, I'm a loser. People ask me crazy questions. So my, my mind is always racing. And I would say the magnet that always believed in my mind that Luck would be pulled back into football was his love for the game. Like, yes, we know Andrew Luck, architecture major at Stanford. You know, financially, he's probably one of the more set human beings in the NFL based off what he's made, nearly $100 million through his first seven NFL seasons and just, you know, his family background. You know, just a very interesting, uniquely wired individual. But I also felt like he would just come back to playing football. He mentioned last year that, you know, having the game ripped out of his out of his chest, like a like a you know, whether it's a little kid losing a stuffed animal, his favorite stuffed animal for the first time, and then boom. That was it for luck last year. Football was ripped from him. And then when he came back, and he said it last night, he said it Saturday night, he looked over at Frank Reich and said, and I'm paraphrasing here, thank you, Frank. Thank you for making me love the game of football like I never thought I could love it. 
That quote right there from Luck, that is why I always felt like he'd continue to play football, that there is still this itch, whether it's competitively or just pure enjoyment-wise, whatever it is, that it was always there for Luck, and it was taken from him for 20 months. And that's why I always thought he would continue to play. Yeah, sure. At some point in his career, if he wins two Super Bowls by the age of 37, 38, maybe then. Maybe then he's not going to do what Drew Brees and Tom Brady have continued to have done at this point in their careers. But I still thought he would stay at it for a long, long time. And we know luck is different. I mean, he's, you know, he's just... You know, even going back to his Stanford days, you know, I, I was listening. I saw a clip from Zach Ertz in the Eagles locker room saying, you know, when, when they were TVs on and they'd be debating about Andrew Luck for the Heisman Trophy in the Stanford, you know, uh, athletic training room, Luck would go up there and turn them off. And he he didn't come out of Stanford after twenty after the twenty. Uh, I guess it would have been twenty ten season. He could have come out. He probably would have been the number one pick over Cam Newton. And he decided to stay another year. And he's just he's just wired differently. And I think that the Andrew we have to divide Andrew Luck into two different people. The luck that we're used to before the labrum is a totally different person than post labrum Andrew Luck. Luck is a changed man. I've said it before on this podcast. To me, it's a born again religious person. It's someone that's come out of rehab. They found a, a a a different meaning in life, and luck said it. I vow to myself not to endure what I endured back in 2016 and 2017. And even if the injury is as small as this injury is, which on the on the scale of NFL injuries, it is a small injury. There's no surgery involved. Andrew Luck played in the Pro Bowl. He just was moving side to side. There's no limp. There's no brace. We all watched the video last Saturday. That looked like a guy that was going to go play in L.A. But it comes back to just what he experienced in the Netherlands. And when he came back and he swore to himself and maybe swore to his wife or whoever else that this was going to be it. If I ever felt that again, Luck's words, I, I that was going to be it. I would choose myself over maybe my team and my teammates. Yeah, I, I, I know Joey and I mentioned, I always have brought this up to Joey over the past four weeks and, and on our various airwaves, which, sorry if my voice is a little, little scratchy today. I think we're... Taping this about 2.30 on Sunday. I think I'm seven radio interviews in, and I got about five more to go before the end of the end of the day. But um, I, I, I could not believe the Andrew Luck wedding quote that he gave Albert Breer. And he gave Breer that quote on the Sunday practice. Four weeks ago today, he gave Breer that quote, which was the final time we've seen Luck on the practice field. And that quote is about he felt like if he didn't or wouldn't have gone through the shoulder issues, he doesn't know if he would have gotten married. 
which is such a crazy and borderline outrageous quote to me. But we have to talk about Andrew Luck, the person, and it's real. And these emotional scars are alive, and they're eating at him. And not to turn this into like a Stranger Things episode, but that's the reality of it. That is the reality of Andrew Luck right now. And when he said that to Albert Breer, he had just had the setback on the practice field, and now he was feeling pain in his ankle. Two days later, he comes to the the local media. That's the last time we've heard from him until last night. And he mentions the emotional scars and all of those things. Now, he also mentions, I've played through worse pain, and I absolutely believe I'm going to play week one. And then a few more weeks unfolded, and it goes from a calf to a bone to an ankle to luck. Just not having the same love of the game with the caveat that if you love this game and want to play this game, you have to make sacrifices. And some of those sacrifices are playing through pain and rehabbing a lot of injuries. And they're just, that is the smoking gun. The willingness and the desire to want to continue to do that is no longer inside of Andrew Luck. That's it. This is mental. This is Andrew Luck. Just It goes back to Jim Mercer's comments a couple years ago. The whole between the years. We laughed at Ursay. We all called Ursay crazy. He was right. He was dead on. And in a way, look at Frank Reich's comments this year. We're letting Andrew Luck steer steer the ship here. He that's that's Frank Reich saying in a nice way. And this is my my thoughts. There'd be some of those guys in the 90 man roster right now that would be playing through this injury. That would try to gut it out. But Andrew Luck, he just does not want to do that anymore. You know, I, I also found it odd how I guess just more interesting how Luck admitted that when he came back from the Netherlands in 2017, he was jealous, jealous of Jacoby Brissett. And that when he walked back in the building, Jacoby Brissett was his team's starting quarterback. It wasn't Andrew Luck anymore. I mean, you talk about humbling and, and maybe even motivating. And I'm really, and we'll get into this a little bit later in the podcast, but how does that jealousy sit inside of Andrew Luck over the next six months? You know? He watches Jacoby Brissett win a game, come back in the fourth quarter, have success, have failure. How does that make Andrew Luck feel? Will he watch? Yeah, it's just, you know, part of me thinks there was some writing on the wall because there was, you know, luck hinted at these things, but I go back to I always thought the love of football would keep him in the game. I always thought that that is something that if you take out of Andrew Luck's body, it's hard to replicate that. And maybe fatherhood will. Maybe being a husband will. Maybe Andrew Luck has some just grand plan that he's going to fulfill and satisfy all of his competitive scratches and, and, and itches because he's got it. You know, he's, he's a competitive son of a gun, but not a, not competitive enough to be willing to go through the pain of rehab to try to continue to play this game at a high level. And before I move on to, to the booing, 
I just cannot wrap my mind, and this is why we will have a 30 for 30 on this one day. I cannot, it's just, it's unbelievable to me that we're sitting here having this talk when the guy hasn't had a surgery in two and a half years, has had one reported concussion, and that, and even then he only missed one game on a, on a short week, that Thanksgiving game in 2016 against the Steelers. And this dude played in the Pro Bowl. Because <laughs> I'm just like, playing in the Pro Bowl, you know? It's like, <laughs> shit, you got guys that don't play in the Pro Bowl because they got too much of a sunburn. Like, it's just like, he, no surgery in two and a half years. No, you know, this is not some CTE head trauma thing. He was just moving like we all saw him moving one week ago Saturday on that field, throwing the football, and one week later, this man is getting booed off the field like he's never been booed inside of Lucas Oil Stadium, and he's retiring from the NFL two and a half weeks shy of his 30th birthday. When what was waiting for him this season was the best opportunity he's had as a professional athlete to achieve all the individual accolades that people thought was possible when he was drafted in 2012. This is the best chance. I I said it. For Andrew Luck has got to be an MVP type player, and he better be. That is what is here right now available to him. And that that's just what is makes this story so effing crazy. Crazy. God, Joey's so lucky he's not here. Man. Mm. Um my thoughts on the booing. I I hate that I'm even giving it a segment. I, I hate that it's getting the amount of national attention that it's getting. So I'll try to keep it short and keep it sweet. I'm a huge fan of Notre Dame football and Notre Dame basketball. I've booed inside the Joyce Center. I've booed inside of Notre Dame Stadium. Would I like to think that I would not have booed someone under the same circumstances as, as Andrew Luck last night walking off that field? Yes, I do. And, you know, I'd like to think that Kevin Bowen would not ha- have done that. Let's also remember who's left in the stadium at that point of the game. There's maybe a couple hundred fans left in there. They're all crazies. They're all diehards. They are the 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 diehardest of the diehard. Who the hell is going to a week three preseason game with no starters and staying until the final gun? Clearly, people that are just riled up and in a stadium that small, that quiet, when you don't win a football game and you don't have, you know, whatever song, bang on these drums all day or whatever they play. All I do is win, win. You know, they don't have that that music playing after they win. It's quiet in there. And you hear a few audible boos. Whoopty the frick do. Andrew Luck said he was hurt by it. I'm sure he was hurt by it. The guy's never been booed coming off that field ever. But does that represent 98% of the fan base? No, it doesn't. I get why people are mad. I get why some people booed. If I was on a extremely tight budget and I was a season ticket member and I bought those tickets because I thought this was going to be a Super Bowl team and Andrew Luck retired two weeks before the season opener, I'd probably have some raw emotion as well. 
But if Andrew Luck walked back into that stadium week three and they did a tribute video, it would be a standing ovation because at the end of the day, that dude did a lot for this franchise and was thrown into a horrible situation in 2011 after that season. And he steadied the ship and he he won 11 games each of his three years and, and progressed and progressed. And unfortunately, injuries decimated his career and injuries not only decimated from a physical sense, but in the end, it, it just it mentally overtook him. That's what it did. It mentally overtook him. You know, Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, whether it's a neck or a bursa sack or a labrum for Brees or an ACL for Brady, they went through significant injuries. But then after that, they were either A, able to stay pretty healthy, or B, they just had more of a desire to understand that rehab was going to be part of their lives and that if they could manage that, they would still play the game of football. And that's just not there. It's not there inside of Andrew Luck anymore. This is That guy looked so emotionally drained last night at that press conference. He was joking, and it was kind of his normal self, but then, man, just the, just the teary-eyed nature and just, ah. Uh, I just, you know, I, I don't. I, my opinion on, on, on the boo, and again, is I wouldn't have done it. I think a lot of the people are idiots that that did it, but me telling fans what they should do and you know when you as long as you're not running on the field naked or you know jumping off the balcony from the upper level, pretty much you can yell just about whatever you want inside of an NFL game. So I don't, you know, it's just I I honestly think what, what what's really frustrating for fans and honestly what I would want to boo if I were a fan is this. Andrew Luck saying that last Saturday, when he's out there, his quote last night was, I had a good idea that it might be my last time throwing at Lucas Oil as a current member of the Colts, and I made sure to go out there and enjoy it. Come on, man. Why the hell are you going out there? You know what the optics look like. Can't you throw, you know, two more hours before kickoff where there's no cameras around? I mean, like, that is just a bad look. And then all of a sudden, that happens Saturday. Monday, he's in, you know, the West 56th Street offices telling Chris Boward and Jim Irsay and them that he's thinking about retiring from the NFL. It's just, it's just, and I think that's what frustrates fans. I I don't know if fans were so much booing luck as booing just how this process has unfolded for four years. It's not all on luck. Part of it is. Part of it's on a lot of other people. And fans are pissed off right now at the organization, and the court of public opinion is pretty damning right now with evidence. I just posted a timeline, 1075thefan.com. You know, could you prove the Colts guilty of lying in a in a you know in a judicial system? I don't know, but there's a whole lot of misleading frequent over the last four years. And that is what is incredibly frustrating. And, and that you're going to boo, boo all the merrier. I think Frank Reich is a really good guy. I think he means well. I feel bad for him that he's been the spokesperson for a lot of this over the last few months. 
But on Thursday, when Frank Reich is telling me that Andrew Luck's making good progress, come on. Come on. Come on. He's not making good progress. He's retiring from the NFL in 48 hours. Don't answer don't answer the question. You know, don't, you know, that just to say that that's what pisses off fans. And it should. Absolutely should. Um, looking back on what Luck said last night, you know, I, I thought that um, it, 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 I kept on coming back to, again, Luck saying that he vowed to himself that no, you know, no amount of fun that he had playing football last year, which he, I mean, it sounds like it was the most fun year he's ever had playing football. If he was going down any sort of rehab path again, that's it. That's done. I vow to myself that this, I'm not going to do it again. That is the ultimate stance, I guess, that Luck is, you know, putting his stick in the sand and making sure that everyone knows it. Um, You know, he was, he, he obviously thanked numerous people, Again, I, I thought the jealousy aspect of things to Jacoby Brissett was really interesting. Um, you know, he kept on saying that there was a lot of clarity there with his with his decision. You know, I know that Jim Irsay multiple times left the door open and, and double-backed on it and doubled down on it, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, multiple times that You know, maybe it'll be like Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods. Maybe he'll come back. You know, you know, never say never. And we'll get into this in Twitter questions. I've got an apology to make to one of my to one of my guys. He knows he knows who he is. XFL guy. Won't say his name, but he knows who he is. Um, you know, it 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 just keeps on coming back to with luck. How is he gonna feel over the next six months? How does he feel in a month, like I said, when he watches Jacoby Brissett play the game of football and he watches watches this football team play? He loves Frank Reich, loves Chris Bauer, loves T.Y. Hilton, Adam Vinatieri, all those guys. How does he feel in three months when he's a father? Does he feel like Tiger Woods felt? Where Tiger said, I'm, I'm tired of my kids having to look at YouTube to see what daddy accomplished in the professional world. I want them to see it firsthand. Does that scratch Luck's itch at all? What happens in six months when he's seemingly healed from this posterior ankle sprain, ankle pain, calf issue, whatever you want to call it, when he's fully healed? Does that change his mind at all? You know, I'd probably put it at 20% chance he comes back and plays. It would have to be that. It would have to be the love the jealousy that he can't find anything else in his post-football life to satisfy that void in his heart, honestly. Because there was a void there when he came back from the Netherlands. There was a void. But is it worth going through rehab and pain? Because if Andrew Luck comes back and plays, I mean, you can't put him in bubble wrap, Andrew. Like, you're you're going to have to go through some of it, you know? 
Like you, I, I feel like you are going to have to go through some of it. And I just, you know, I just can't see. He knows full well he's going to have to encounter that again. And unless he's willing to deal with it and willing to fight through it, I don't. I don't think he's going to do it. Um, so yeah, once Luck got done talking, him and his wife, uh, and I guess the entire Colts of Brass, they exited back into the locker room, and then just a couple minutes later, Ballard, Reich, and Ursay all came back inside, and um, I would say it really hit me that Andrew Luck had retired from the NFL when Chris Ballard described him in the past tense. Ballard's quote, Andrew Luck was a unique talent. That dude is 29 years old. And we're now talking about him. Again, no injuries that need surgery here in 2019. No surgery in two and a half years. Played every meaningful snap last year. Virtually every meaningful. Take out a Hail Mary snap here. Played in the Pro Bowl. And he's retiring from the NFL. One concussion in his career. Only missed one game on a short week. That was three years ago. Um, You know, Ursay mentioned how he didn't want to talk Andrew out of the decision, which ultimately I think is smart. I, I'm curious, was an idea of putting on luck IR, putting luck on injured reserve thrown around? Was there an idea of having Andrew Luck take a, you know, a, a pseudo leave of absence an idea? I mean, I feel like all of those, could, listening to all the parties talk last night, you know, could you have gone that route? W- were all parties willing to go that route? Um, you know, I, could, I couldn't believe her say mention. Yeah, I mean, he's leaving 450 or $500 million on the table in future contracts. I mean, well, he's probably right, but that was just... For now, uh, Lux leaving three years, sixty-four million on the table is his final, uh, final remaining contract details. Uh, now again, the Colts will give him the what is it, twenty-four, twenty-eight million, something like that, that he still do on the prorated signing bonus and whatnot. So, um, until I actually thought Ursay was. Yeah, he had a few crazy comments about a butterfly, and I thought he probably harped on luck coming back a little bit too much. But, you know, Ballard and Reich, per usual, took more of the kind of unemotional thought process. You'd love to get him a couple beers and see what they'd really say. But I'll say this before moving on to laying some blame and then um, and then taking Twitter questions. This is a... A scenario really unlike any other in NFL history that Chris Ballard and Frank Reich are now dealing with. Having said that, these two guys are wired differently in that they get what Andrew Luck means. They know what Andrew Luck means. That's a reason why Chris Ballard was crying last night and why Frank Reich was crying or or looked like he had been. You know, this isn't Philip Walker Sorry, retiring from the NFL. This is a generational quarterback. But 
these two guys will not say woe is me. Maybe at all. They won't feel sorry for themselves. They will get back to work, and they will work. Frank Reich, you just hand them who's who's dressing. Who are the 46 guys on game day, and we're going to go. And Chris Ballard has said umpteenth amount of times from that opening day press conference in January of 2017, it's never about one person. Never about one person. And I think these two guys, maybe, and I don't know every GM head coach combination in the league. And it's a tall task, an extremely tall task. And we'll get into that a lot more today and on future podcasts. But if there are two guys that are wired with their philosophical beliefs and how they look at the the how the Colts are constructed roster. Frank Reich didn't even ask about Andrew Luck during the interview process. So I think these guys can handle the um, the chaotic nature around it. That's one part of it. The other part of it is, oh yeah, uh, you don't have a franchise quarterback anymore. Here's Jacoby Brissett. You have a year to evaluate him, and then you need to decide if you're going to go draft a quarterback or not. That is a totally different scenario here. Um, where to lay blame? You know, I, I I get a feel my voice getting scratchy. Little water action here. I I still I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe I'm recording this podcast. Did that happen? Is this a nightmare? Am I gonna wake up? I gotta wake up from this, right? Hard knocks should just switch over to the Colts now. You know, kind of just a little mid-year, mid uh, mid training camp swap action. Um, I guess there'll be a few more national media in the complex tomorrow. So where 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 do I lay blame? Uh, I mean, all all parties are involved. I guess I'll just go chronologically. I'll, I'll start with Andrew Luck. His playing style. This is part. This is a consequence of his playing style, which I love. I love how he plays the game of football. I love the physical element. I- I've told the story again. I- I've told the story so many times in this podcast. I'll say it again. Going up to Mike Sanford, the Stanford offensive coordinator, and telling him, script me a deep ball in the first five or seven plays of every game. Give me the five, more like the seven-step drop, so I can take a hit. That's nutty. That's insane, Andrew Luck. 29-year-old Andrew Luck going through everything he's gone through wouldn't have said what 19- or 20-year-old Andrew Luck said. No way. Lay some blame on Bruce Arians. His famous quote. No biscuit, no risk it. No risk it, no biscuit. What everyone say? If you aren't willing to risk it, you're not getting that biscuit. And what he means by that is you got to take your deep shots. So it shouldn't shock anyone that a starting offensive line of Winston Justice, Seth Olson, Mike McGlynn, and Samson Satelle couldn't keep Andrew Luck upright when you have the offense that you had. So yeah, there's some blame on Luck. There's some blame on Bruce Arians. Obviously, a large piece of the pie goes to Ryan Grixon. And him accepting maybe that offensive style for a rookie quarterback, the lack of resources and the incorrect resources, 
he invested in the offensive line, whether it was Hugh Thornton or Goster Shareless or Colin Holmes or whatever. You know, I also think you can you can lay some blame on the medical staffs involved. You know, when Andrew Luck has that first MRI in March, you know, he's feeling something over and over in Europe. And and that's the other thing we don't know. I mean, it was is there something else? Was there a setback? Is there a snowboarding incident? You know, obviously no no one's telling telling that. Um you know, could you have and this is on luck too. It's luck in the medical team working working in in tandem here. Could you have aggressively attacked things better early on? You know, instead of Andrew Luck waiting to have surgery until 2017, where he elected just to go rehab after the 2015 season when he first suffered the 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 shoulder injury in Week Three against the Titans, would that have altered things? Um, you know, all of that. All of that deserves some of the blame. All of it. Yeah, I just don't know. That, I guess, would have been, obviously, if you have a better O-line, you don't take the, the, the crazy deep ball approach, rookie, Luck's rookie year, maybe that alters some things. If Luck has surgery following the 2015 season, instead of just sticking to rehab and playing that 2016 year, and then having surgery January 2017, maybe that. Gets us down a totally different path than we are now? Maybe. I don't know. All right, Twitter question time, and we will end with 10 Twitter questions from, uh, it might be a little bit more than 10 per usual. You know, I got to sneak in a couple extra. And first, I got to apologize to my guy. I got to apologize to my guy. I'm, I'm going to find his message. I'm going to read his message to you. And this, again, I, I I cannot be uh, I could not like this guy more than I do. One, just a great human being, and I I know I, he he trust me. He messaged me last night and said maybe I wasn't wrong. All right, this is the message. This is our XFL. Don't judge me hard for this, and it may be super conspiracy theorist thinking, but any chance Luck is making sure he is healthy for the XFL with his dad going that route. I've heard some Lawrence leaving Clemson early talk, and it made me start thinking. And then he puts in a little bit of uh, quotations. Early happy hour has contributed 100% to the content of this message. Ha, ha, ha. We did get an XFL question. Should we start with that one? Well, first, I need to apologize because I I, I just laughed at that question. I mean, I I still am going to laugh. Added in the fact of if Andrew Luck plays in the XFL, then I look like an absolute idiot. But um, I don't see that happening. But I think throughout this this whole process, before we get into Twitter questions, I've always questioned where Andrew Luck is at mentally. You guys, you guys listen to this podcast on a weekly basis. You've heard me talk about his availability week one. I have no evidence that says he plays week one. I have said that so many times. My only evidence, or my only, I guess, confidence in saying that he will is what he did on the practice field last Saturday with the side-to-side movement, and then secondly, believing that inside of Andrew Luck, he's still wired like he was post or pre-labrum injury. That that competitor in him and the love of football is so great inside of him that he'll play it less than 100%. That was my belief 
but I was still skeptical. I wasn't quite sure. Wasn't quite sure. And clearly, that belief was wrong. It just it, It's not there inside of Andrew Luck anymore. It's not. And I'm not going to call the guy soft and rip. Some guys just don't have it. Don't have it. And that's what separates the elite from, unfortunately, guys like Andrew Luck. And that might sound harsh, but that's a reality, and it's the rareness of the elite athletes in this world. You need your health to cooperate, and that is a big unknown, and it's it, there's a lot of luck, no pun intended, involved in that. But you also have to be willing to play through some things. And luck was. He did it on a lacerated kidney. He did it with rib injuries. You know, He did it with a torn labrum. He did it, and it was unbelievable, and it was admirable. But he just didn't want to do that anymore, even if it was just a much more of a minor injury than you you would think would send a guy into retirement at the age of 29. All right, first question comes from Wesley. How can fans trust Ballard and Ursay? In many people's eyes, they lied about luck playing twice to sell tickets. Um, Wesley, I mentioned this earlier in the podcast. I'll say it again. Go to 1075thefan.com. Four-year timeline I posted earlier today. Quotes, facts, when Andrew Luck practiced, when he suffered injuries, all that stuff. There are numerous accounts of, of things that you look back on, and it was deceiving, it was misguiding, it wasn't telling the total truth. Is that part of every NFL franchise? Yes, to a degree. But fans, I think, have every right to be frustrated, to be um, skeptical. And I I think, I, you know, I, I don't believe that, like, 2017, I think it was a lot worse than 2019. I mean, I, fir- I, I believe that a week ago, a week and a half ago, the Colts still thought Andrew Luck was going to play week one. I'm sure they were starting to get nervous, but... I think they thought that luck would just kind of come to his senses, if you will. So I, I don't, you know, I don't think that they, that was an Andrew Luck decision to go out there last Saturday. That was not Chris Ballard or Pete Ward saying, Andrew, that season opener against the Falcons, that home opener, man, when you got we got about a thousand more tickets. I know you're pondering retirement, but uh, yeah, get out there. No, stop it. It's ludicrous. And I, I just think Andrew Luck offered them zero favors. And how and how things were handled zero. So I I I think that Chris Ballard has has earned your trust. Um. But I I I can't sit here and just tell fans that you should trust everything because there has just been some misguided stuff throughout the past few years. I think Ballard has been the most honest of of all parties involved. But yeah, I can't. I I I just can't totally back the Colts on this. I I I can't. I can't. Lucas slid into the DMs and he says, "Hey KB, I know you're going through the same emotions we all are with Lux retirement. We're all in this, and we will all have to come to terms and get through this time as a Colts community." There you go, Lucas. For your emergency pod. 
How do you think Lux legacy will be remembered for the Colts and the NFL? Is there a bust in Canton in his future, similar to the short career of Terrell Davis with a wait period, but an eventual induction? Lucas, there will be no Hall of Fame bust for Andrew Luck. I'm guessing one day Jim Irsay puts him into the ring of honor. But just because Jim Irsay is just so emotionally attached to, you know, all of his former players. But I mean, if it was Jim Irsay's way, he'd probably put all everybody in the ring of honor. I mean, you got Jim Ir- or you got John, what's his name? Jim Harbaugh and Bill Brooks up there. And hell, you got the 12th man up there. Um, Andrew Luck's career will be remembered for what ifs. A physical toll that was taken on his body and a mental toll of what ifs. You know, I I, I hate to do this, but I think it's fair. What if Andrew Luck was wired like Clayton Gathers? Clayton Gathers playing through injury after injury. Rehabbing like none other. And still giving it a go. You know, it's just, it's that those will be some of the questions that we have. You know, Andrew, what what Andrew like to do? Four Pro Bowls, won four playoff games. Um, Yeah, I mean, some comeback player of the year. But, you know, the, the harsh reality is he never garnered an MVP vote, never was on one MVP ballot. There's 50 votes a year for the MVP, never got one. And he never made a Super Bowl. That's not that's not anything Canton like. Nothing. Nothing Canton like. Sorry, Lucas. But it, I mean just I do want to say what luck came into and what he endured through that 2012-2014 seasons to have the type of run he had was was pretty darn amazing. And that trajectory was pointing straight up and everything changed week 3 2015 season when Jarrell Casey hits him down in Nashville. He comes the sideline and Matt Hasselbeck kind of hits luck in the chest. And that's where the four-year pain cycle began. That's where it began. Mark. I got a great friend named Mark. Great friend. He is full of conspiracy theories and He's probably loving some of the some of this luck drama. But this is not that Mark. This is a different Mark. Mark says, I think there's something deeper here. Part of me wonders if he suffers from some degree of clinical depression. He wouldn't have to in order to make this move, but I've wondered this in the past with other comments and how he carries himself. I wish him well, no matter what. You know, Mark, obviously I have no idea about the clinical depression um, part of your question, but as I've said throughout this podcast, and I think it's something that as a society, and not to get too deep into things, we have come more accustomed or more um, accepting might not be the right word, but just acknowledging that mental health is real. It is a real um, disease, if you want to call it. You know, it, it is real. And there is a mental aspect that has led Andrew Luck to retire. The, the physical pain, um, I guess, maybe exposed this mental aspect a little bit more for Andrew Luck. But ultimately in 2019, 
the, the, this calf, this this ankle, yes, that might have been the final straw, but ultimately it is a mental hurdle that Andrew Luck was not willing to continue to try and clear. He was not. He did not want to do that because it was impacting other things in his life. Other, it goes back to the marriage comment. The marriage comment is crazy and outrageous for so much of the population, but it's not for Andrew Luck. And that's what we got to keep on coming back to with this debate. Andrew Luck is a different, different cat. He is. For better, for worse, whatever you want to call it. So, yes, there is some sort of mental, whatever you want to call it. I'm not going to try and sit here and diagnose Andrew Luck with anything uh, because that's just idiotic for me to do. But, yeah, Mark, um, there there is some sort of mental aspect that has led to him retiring you know, at the age of 29. Colts with Grant asks, very loyal listener, I appreciate you chiming in here. Luck spoke a lot about clarity. You think he has plans? Or you just take that to mean it's clear football is not part of the equation moving forward? Uh, Grant, it's a really good question. Luck did often mention that he, there's clarity with his decision. Um, I, I just think right now, on August 25th, he's done playing football. He's done having to go through the pain and the rehab that it took to try and play the game of football. And I I don't I don't think he has like concrete plans. I'm sure he's always thought about stuff. I don't think he'll rush into anything too crazy. I've always felt like one day he'd move to Europe, raise his family over there, and he'd try to do something involved with the English Premier League, soccer. I always thought that that's what he would do. Maybe not. Maybe, but I thought the architecture aspect of being over in Europe and all those older buildings and whatnot and I can't believe we're having this podcast. I can't believe I'm 53 minutes into this bleeping podcast by myself, Sunday afternoon, 3.07. I got four hours of sleep. My wife and I are going to, we're, we're, we're going to go to half liter after this. That's what we're going to do. We're going to have a beer. We're going to get some mac and cheese. We might get a little brisket. And we're going to talk and I'm going to, and I'm going to say thank you for supporting me over the last 24 hours. Hell, she was right. We went to dinner last Thursday, and she was telling me that, yeah, you think Frank Reich's really emphasizing the run because Luck's hurt? <laughs> Maddie, you were right. Gosh, I, gotta, I just got to listen to people that are right around me a little bit more. Grant, you know, go, go, going back to the clarity aspect, God, I need Joey here to keep me on track. Go back to the clarity aspect of it. How does Luck feel in a month? How does he feel in five months? How does he feel in 10 months? That's why I stick with the 20%. I just, you know, Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan, two totally different athletes in a way. But it's just, luck luck will get away from it because he doesn't do social media and he can be isolated and I know he says he wants to stay in the city of Indianapolis. I can't imagine him actually following through on that. I mean, what, is Andrew Luck going to go to Garden Table on Sunday afternoon of a Colts game and go get a, you know, a mimosa? <laughs> you imagine? Brunch. There's Luck going to Fresh Market at 1.30 as Matt Taylor and Jim Sorgi are playing over the airwaves as Luck pushes his cart down the aisle looking for baby formula. I mean. I don't even know they sell baby formula at Fresh Market. But, yeah, I mean, who knows? 
it's just, you know, I, I just, I just think playing football right now is not there. But when does the jealousy creep back in? When does the, the, you miss that too much? What does fatherhood do for him? What happens when he's physically healthy? Those are questions we'll ask for the next hell, 10 years. Hell, I still get questions about Pat McAfee coming back. All right, Neil, how does Chris Ballard handle the quarterback room now? He can't obviously have Chad Kelly as a backup through week two, and Phillip Walker's look less than stellar. Do you think Ballard demotes Walker after week two and promotes Kelly? Boy, I feel bad for Deion Kane and Chad Kelly. I had a nice little story written about them. <laughs> it never got it never got to publish. They both looked good last night. Uh, Neil, it's a great question. Jacoby Brissett is your starter. In my mind, Chad Kelly's your backup starting in week three. That's how I would handle it, and I don't think twice about it. I'm probably claiming a veteran for the first two weeks of the year, and I don't invest a lot of resources in acquiring that veteran. I'm not trading for him. I'm not giving a substantial draft pick. I'm not doing any of that. I say, Jacoby Brissett, you're the guy for week one and week two. Chad Kelly, you have just walked into a golden opportunity, and you've shown us a lot. Here are the keys to being the backup quarterback. That's how I would operate. And I'm not sure if we have another question. Oh, yeah, we do. I guess I'll wait for that. We had another question from Grant, different Grant. Um, but, yeah, right now that's how I think things will be handled, Neil. I assume maybe Phillip Walker initially makes the 53, and then they claim someone. Uh, but, I yeah, I, this is Jacoby Brissett's job for 16 weeks, and I think Chad Kelly will be the backup for 14 weeks. That's how I would handle it. Robert, do you think that the person who predicted the luck would retire and join the XFL is crazy? What if he joins the XFL down the road? What would the reaction be? Nuts. Insane. It sounds like, and Mike Florio detailed this in an article, and I guess I'll read you maybe a little bit of the legal jargon of it, but basically there's a non-compete that the Colts have with Andrew Luck over the XFL. So the the Colts could sue Luck if he went to go play in the XFL, more or less. Um, because they have their rights. The, you know, the Colts have Andrew Luck's rights for three more years, similar to what, you know, Pat McAfee. Uh, you know, McAfee and Ballard talked about it a couple weeks ago on his podcast that, you know, if McAfee would have come back and, and, and had to have played, you know, wanted to play, the Colts still had his rights. So the Bears or whoever would have had to offer some compensation, I believe, or Ballard, I guess, just could have said, all right, Pat, you got a big enough fall in. I want you on my good side. See ya. Um, I'm not going to read the legal guard jargon now that I now that I start to look at it again. But if you care, just tweet at me and I'll and I'll and I'll send it to you. But basically, I don't I don't think that there's some legality aspect that must be cleared for Andrew Luck to play in the XFL. <laughs> I can't believe that. I can't believe that, that I'm in here. All right, Mendy. Mendy, do you think there's a chance the Colts release the news during the game as a middle finger to Luck? I really hope not, but if you watch the press conference, you see that Ursay was visually pissed, not clearly as classy as Frank and Chris. Hell, I thought Ballard looked pretty pissed. Ballard was just kind of deer in headlights, just staring out in the distance. A few times I glanced over at him. and Look, they're all pissed. Come on, how can you not be pissed? Of course you're pissed. To a degree, 
you know, then when you start thinking back on it and you and you have an emotional aspect to it, you 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 try to see it from Andrew Luck's side of things. There's no way I I've, well I shouldn't say there's no way. I don't think the Colts released the news during the game as a middle finger to Luck. I don't. I don't. Adam Schefter's really good at his job. Leaks can happen from anywhere. I've I've addressed it earlier. Does Jacoby Brissett tell somebody? Does Chuck Pagano tell some Bears person? Does you know Jim Irsay? Did he confide in anybody this week? Did he did he call Tony Dungy? You know who know? I mean, did Chris Ballard talk to anyone this week? I mean, you, any of this could have leaked. You know, so I don't think it's Irsay just here, Shefty. Here you go. Um. I don't know, man. All right, Tristan, do you? Th- we got three more here, four more here, and then I'll be done. Do you believe this team still has a legit chance to win the division? No, I don't. But I don't know who is the favorite to win the division. I I sit here and think seven to eight wins, and I don't look at anyone in the division right now and say that's a ten win football team. I think it's really I. I could see any four of these teams winning it. I mean, Lamar Miller tears his ACL. Who knows about Marcus Mariota? Who knows about Nick Foles? Jacksonville's got tons of dysfunction. You know, I don't think, I don't, I, I just don't see the Colts. No, I don't. I think the schedule's too tough, and, and boy, you really got to get off to a good start. I mean, think about it. Let's say you lose the first two at, at the Chargers, at the Titans. Then it's week three, home to the Falcons. The Falcons got a lot of talent. You lose that game. You're sitting there playing the Raiders week four. If you don't win that one, you're going to be 0-5 to start the year with Kansas City Week 5. I mean, I, I I know that sounds so doom and gloom, but, like, I need to process that a little bit more. You know, Jacoby Reset's got a lot better around him, but, you know, I thought it was an 11-win football team with Andrew Luck. I'm th- Calling it a 3- or 4-win difference from Andrew Luck and Jacoby Reset, I don't think that's that. I think that's pretty, honestly, it sounded like, Based off some of my media colleagues, sounded like I was on the high end with seven or eight wins last night in that press box. Stan, how does this affect Ballard's thinking on contracts for guys like Asanzo, Ebron, Doyle, and, of course, Brissett? It's a great question. I'd be stunned if we saw an extension for Costanzo before the start of the season at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, it you know, you got to – your whole balance sheet looks different. You know, I don't know how <laughs> – Mike Bloom, the cap expert, maybe he plans for DEFCON situations and maybe he has something that, you know, okay, this is life without Andrew Luck now. And, you know, you're going to have to give Jacoby Brissett some amount of money next offseason. You know, do, do you draft a quarterback? Uh, what, you know, is it is it Tua? Is it the kid from Oregon, the kid from Utah State? You, you know, I don't know. He, he seems kind of intriguing to the Colts. I I, I don't know. Well, camp impli- cap in- implications for this year. God, I can't even talk. Cap implications for this year and next. When do the Colts lose rights on his contract? Okay, so it's $24 million recouped, and that is all from the prorated signing bonus. So um, Jim Irsay is going to give that to Andrew Luck. And um, his contract, do I have it pulled up here? Um... All right, let me pull this up here. This is from Over the Cap. Once Luck is officially placed on the retired list, he will count for $18.4 million, 
18.4 million against the cap in 2019 and 6.4 million against the cap in 2020. So there's the 20 uh that's the 24 million that has been recouped. Um 12.8 of that million or 12.8 million of that figure comes from the original $32 million signing bonus Luck received in 2016. Uh, the other 12 comes from a roster bonus that was earned this past March. Um, so I think in years past, you've seen like Calvin Johnson situation. Some teams try to pursue that money. It doesn't sound like that the Colts will, will, um, will do that. All right. Two more here. Kyler, what is your favorite Andrew Luck game moment? Well, favorite game, I mean, you know, you throw Kansas City in there, you throw uh, you throw Green Bay in there, you throw at Denver in there, uh, the playoff game. Um, I mean, I, I've talked about the plays he made last year, the play to Chester Rogers, the play to Dontrell Inman early in that Tennessee game, the winning get-in game, and I mean, all of that. You know, you, you, you're you going to miss all those theatrics from watching a really talented guy play the game of football. I would say my favorite Andrew Luck moment off the field. I, I don't know if I ever told this story, but when I worked for the Colts, um, I flew up to South Bend with Luck and Matt Conti, their head of PR, for a Riley Children's, uh, What what the hell does Luck call that? change the way you play or change the play event, something all about healthy eating, working out and whatnot. So Luck went to South Bend St. Joe's High School and was going to he was gonna be on the field for a morning session, afternoon session, uh, throw to kids. And this was probably three years ago, four years ago, something like that. Um, and so Luck threw to kids in the morning, and then just torrential rain came in the afternoon, canceling the afternoon session. So none of the kids got to meet Andrew Luck or maybe they got to meet Luck, but they didn't get to throw with with Luck. And so we're getting ready to leave South Bend St. Joe High School and got a limo service to take us to the South Bend Airport and then fly back on Jim Mersey's jet to Indy. And as we're getting ready to leave, there's no cameras in sight. I mean, it's, it's Luck. Conti and I walking in the South Bend St. Joe high school hallway and we walk outside and Luck sees three, I think about three kids that had shirts on from the event. And Luck kind of says to us, man, I feel bad for those kids. You know, I feel like they were, you know, they, they were probably in the afternoon wave that, that didn't get to meet me or whatever. Didn't get to catch a ball from me, something like that. And I think Conti and I were both like, yeah, man, that 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 stinks. You know, sucks that it rained, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, there goes Luck just walking off to go meet those kids. Just in broad South Bend public daylight, Andrew Luck just walking on the street to go talk to some kids. And, you know, it just it, it just it was a cool moment with no cameras around to where this is probably the first time that story's been told. And Andrew Luck just made those kids' day. Seeming, see the, them just beam. And, you know, Luck signed their shirts and talked with them for a few minutes. And by that point, a few more kind of random people walking on the street came up to Luck. And we might have been a little bit more delayed getting to the airport and whatnot. But, you know, it was just a cool, genuine moment 
for Andrew Luck. Do I 100% agree with maybe how he handled you know everything in his NFL career? Of course not. But he's in the spotlight, and you nitpick a lot when those people are in the spotlight. But um, the guy, the guy, you know, did a lot for our community, and certainly, hopefully, will continue to help out Riley Hospital in the way that he has. I know helped um, helped out that entire community. Last one from Grant: Do we draft a QB in the first three rounds next year? Grant, that is a great, great question. Um, I think a lot of it will depend on what Jacoby Brissett and Chad Kelly show this franchise over the next four or five months. Um, I think you got to look long and hard at it. If you win eight games or less, I think you got to draft a quarterback. I do. I do. I think you got to draft one early, too. I think you got to get a new face of your franchise in here. You know, Jacoby Brissett is still relatively young for sure. Um, but I just, you know, he was a third round pick and, and, and I, the ceiling's just maybe not the same height wise as it is for, you know, insert Justin, are we calling him Justin Air Bear, the Orion kid? I think I heard Air Bear, Tua, or the low kid from Utah State or Jake Fromm or whoever else. I, I, I don't even know. I'm, I'm not going to lie and act like I've looked at it too closely, but I think you do. If you finish less than 500, I think you got to. Who knows? Maybe Jacoby Brissett will tell me to shut up. So, All right, everybody. That wraps up this edition of Kevin's Corner. Um, I feel awful. I feel awful for, for Colts fans out there. Um, and and I, I, I feel bad for Andrew Luck that he's having to give up the game that he loves because mentally he just he cannot you know, go through that and still satisfy um, his other needs in life. So, We'll see if we'll be back before Wednesday with the podcast. Not 100% sure how we'll approach that. We do have beers with Bowen Wednesday night at St. Joseph's Brewing in Public House. Um, beers and bourbon, I should say. Evan Williams bourbon is um, is helping us out there with that event as well. So hit me up on Twitter. Love to have you out there. Joey and I will be there doing kind of a live version of Beers with Bowen. And it'll be a lot more 53-man roster-centric. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about luck, but... Want to try and move on from there. So appreciate y'all tuning in and following along over the last now 24 hours or so. Um, it's been a busy time. Uh, please check out the website, Shameless Plug there. We got a lot of written content up there from uh, everything that happened. And uh, if you have any other questions, don't be afraid to reach out on Twitter. Everybody have a great rest of your Sunday, and uh, we'll talk to you this week. This has been Kevin Bowen. Thank you for listening to another edition of Kevin's Corner. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for the best Colts and Pacers coverage.